0: You're listening to Extratextual. This is a show where we talk about an idea, concept, theme, trend, and relate it to some kind of media like film, TV, video games, books, music, and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the show. My name is Eli Stielidge, and with me is... Uh, your friend Jeremy Hol yes and tonight we're talking about the shape of water the shape of water uh, this is a new Guillermo del Toro movie yep yeah. and uh, I'm gonna approach this uh, interestingly so thinking about recording the show today yeah um, I was thinking about the film and I kind of realized that uh, I always enjoy his the world of his films a lot yeah um i think he's a great visualist yeah. aesthetically yeah. uh they're very tactile worlds mm-hmm. um the creatures um in his films uh are usually not cg yeah. they're actually like built or played by people in costumes prosthetics and and i like that um but I realize I'm often left a little cold by his characters or what like the emotions I'm supposed to feel in the films. And it was like a big realization for me. I was like, there's always like, I would say I like his films, but I don't always like connect with the characters. And I think that was sort of my same experience with the shape of water is, uh, I enjoyed many of the pieces, appreciated them, but I'm not sure that I felt everything that he wanted me to feel. Um, or feel it as strongly as
1: he wanted me to feel it.
0: And so that's just my mm-hmm. uh, approach to it.
1: Um, well, I mean, my short yeah. report is that yeah. it, it's, it's a fairy tale. He writes yeah. he writes and makes fairy tales. And I knew right? you were going to say that.
0: Yeah. Um, But I think he still is going, especially with this film, which is more romantic yeah. and uh, a little bit softer mm-hmm. with some of the characters, even though there's some, certainly some... Uh, violence um as always yeah. like in a lot of films but i think we're meant to 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 connect with these emotions a lot more in this film and it, it is sort of like a love story so i guess the he's definitely a fan of the past and there's a strong nostalgia always for kind of older films yeah and And, uh we get it very directly in here they watch some old um musicals and and classic hollywood uh sort of films is and they live over top of uh, a theater a Mm -hmm. cinema um so we get those direct connections and i think you're right that really does play into what hollywood itself enjoys um reflecting on that but i think and all the pieces, you know, borrowing from The Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, there is like a musical fantasy moment. Uh,
1: we get sort yeah, of... And, and that moment yeah. reminds I mean uh, most of uh, Pennies from Heaven, do you know this mm. film? I know of it. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, you know, yeah. this um, like completely ironic mm-hmm. um, story about the Great Depression in which like, you know, pe- people are celebrating uh, like their poverty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, ironic and, and wonderful. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I guess, like, with all of his style and his use of genre elements, uh, you know, that he seems to borrow, they felt a lot more borrowed in this film to me. Even though they were all well done, really excellently crafted film, um, beautiful cinematography uh, to look at, um, good actors um, that were doing a good job. But those pieces didn't all come together. So, I guess, my kind of question for us is. Uh, we're recording this as it just won Best Picture um, at the Academy Awards. So why do you think critics and the Academy voters love this film so much? Um, and this is not to say that I dislike the film by any means, but I'm just kind of wondering, do you think it deserved Best Picture? Um, I have my theories of why well, it so give, well. I, I, yeah. Give us
1: just a short list of the nominees.
0: Okay, so um, the best picture nominees um, for this year Call Me By Your Name, mm. Darkest Hour, mm-hmm. Dunkirk, mm. Get Out, mm. Ladybird, Phantom Thread, The Post, uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing Missouri in the Shape of Water. Um, so I think, I mean, I can't speak for everybody but i think a lot of people thought get out should have was like the cultural phenomenon of the year Mm -hmm. and spoke to a lot of what was happening in our country um this year i i I don't know that i would say that would be like as cinema it was the best film but it was very strong um i think there's a lot of reasons for that argument um to go a long way but yeah i i I mean my theory is like we just kind of touched on the nostalgia for classic Hollywood. Um, uh, Hollywood itself loves to be reflective. I mean, if we think of now, like, looking back, The Artist, I don't know if you saw that, yeah. The Black and White, like, should that really have been Best Picture? It's a fine film. Um, but I think it was, again, just Hollywood being in love with itself and, uh, and reflecting back on it. Um, so I think those are a lot of the pieces. And maybe, again, it's he hasn't had an Academy Award yet so is it kind of saying, like, we'll give this yeah. to him? This Just, is I mean, because
1: I have such... Okay, so uh, among the things that I get grumpy about mm-hmm. um, uh, is uh, Martin Scorsese getting Best Picture for The Departed, mm-hmm. um, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, he got it, I assume, because he didn't get it for Goodfellas, because right. he, he should have gotten of Goodfellas, because yeah. it is an amazing film. Right. I, and I think, for me, like, the pinnacle of his craft, mm-hmm. um, the best one that he's... He made a lot of great films. Yeah. A, a huge... great right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, you know, I mean, of, of if he's going to be, it's going to be a blockbuster film, you know, a big... It's got to be... Mm-hmm. So, fine, fine. The Departed, which is, like, an ignorable film, as far as I'm concerned... I do like The Departed. It is but fine. Not as good it, as Goodfellas, yeah. yeah. I mean, not even... It's not even really close. <laughs> It's him having fun, basically. Yeah. 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 Um but you know, so he gets it, you know, because of this long sort of business. I'm mm-hmm. not a big fan of that. Because yeah. it like it ultimately like hurts other people who like made films the same year as the departed. Right. Um And so sure, like I, I mean I I honestly haven't seen uh all of the films that were nominated. Mm-hmm. I really should have. Um but I mean when just seeing I mean when I saw Shave of Water mm-hmm. and, and I think I I knew that people were talking about it as being a nomination. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought like it was good mm-hmm. and different in a lot of great ways. Yeah. But it didn't seem to be like best picture mm-hmm. winning quality. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple things that it does that I like, and I don't know if it's deeper elsewhere, but mm-hmm. so like from the very beginning, um, Sally Hawkins' character is like a different female
0: character different female lead sort of yeah yeah no yeah. i mean
1: she's like i mean she's sexual mm-hmm. um in like in a in a, in a pornographic way yeah uh, from the very beginning of the film yeah she's erotic yeah yeah and we yeah. don't uh, it, it's remarkable i mean or like notable that that is yeah. the way that she is and, and, and especially in a film like this it's filled with other varieties of mm-hmm. images of women mm-hmm. um and also, I mean, like, and you know, and she follows that road. Like, she like for those, <laughs> she has sex with the like the fish man, yeah. the, the fish man, yeah. some hot fish man bathroom filling sex that happens in mm-hmm. there. Um, and she, her, her wonderful like physical description of how that happens, you right. get, like by moving her hands, anatomical, but, yeah, yeah, um, is fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it, it interesting and creative. And and mm-hmm. I really like when, you know, I mean, uh, when you have someone that's visually creative, uh, like. Guillermo del Toro that's also mm-hmm. dark. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I say dark, I mean real. You know, because, I mean, like, for me, the world is not some happy little wonderful place, but right. it contains a whole lot of These darkness are... that we don't talk about. Dark um, fairy tales, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so um, he's always sort of brought that, too. I mean, like, his mm-hmm. portrayal of Nazis in Pan's Labyrinth is great. I mean, those are, like, some of my favorite <laughs> favorite Nazis. Um, you know, it also combines it with a wonderful coming-of-age story, you know, in mm-hmm. a different female lead, you know, and again, like, the yeah. archetype, archetypical sort of, like, young know, woman who's coming-of-age. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have never really appreciated the, like, Hollywood falling over itself, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, essentially, like, all of those old Hollywood films, like, when they show up in another film, mm-hmm. I'm like, they're just... It's just the same thing. It's just some sort of, like, for me, like, some giant... Yeah pocket reference to an age of film that i don't watch and you know <laughs> and i i thought was sort of like racist in production anyways yeah complicated yeah. I'm, I'm not in love with it i, I don't mm-hmm. think the world was better back when you know it was just like shirley temple and I, you know like i don't mm-hmm. i don't share nostalgia for that world yeah i mean it's not the golden age to me it's the gilded age you know it's not, yeah. you know you know and, and i believe the you know the economic disparities that underlie all those stories <laughs> were grinding people to, to dust. You know I don't I don't love it. Mm-hmm. So when a film is like oh look at there, yeah, um, it just doesn't do it for me. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand like it's part of making a film. Um, it and it's also it, it happens so much in The Shape of Water uh,
0: yeah.
1: that I'm like I don't care. Like mm-hmm. I mean, it, it literally does almost nothing to me. Yeah, or for me. But you know it's it's part of the film, and I think it's probably for other audiences. You know, mm-hmm. in, in some sense putting. Um, Sally Hawkins' character. I mean, it takes place, you know, in that time period. Yeah. Um, And interestingly, I mean, it's a bit of a fantastical version of that time period. It's not entirely, you know, I don't think it's entirely meant to be real. Yeah. I Um, mean, part of my criticism
0: with that is, like, it felt very much like like the music is very um, French-sounding. We get some accordion, and it reminded me a lot of Amelie. Yeah, in that French version of it, and also um, the filmmaker's other film, City of Lost Children. Yeah, and it's got a very eccentric but sort of like down to earth, gritty yeah. feel to it. And so there's these sort of fantasy type elements, sort of romantic type ideas, but it's also grounded in this sort of real world, um, darker, yeah, uh, things that happen to these characters that they have to deal with yeah. um, within I- that world. And so I, I just kind of felt like. Yeah, he's kind of just trying to evoke those types of films in his own style, sort of, like, yeah. pulling
1: it Yeah, so, out. but I just to clarify for our yeah. audience, I'm not all grumpy pants about that <laughs> in, in the way that you are. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, was, I, I was totally happy with, um, you know, like, if, even if it's just, like, you know, if it's, we I usually identify it as a hodgepodge of a bunch of different things. Yeah. I don't really care because I like the story that we're telling. Yeah. I mean, um, and,
0: I am contradicting myself because I've talked about how much I like Stranger Things, right. and it's doing the same thing. Yeah, um, and they both do it well, so I can't necessarily complain yeah. about that too much. I mean,
1: yeah. but there's, I mean, there's a lot of you know, like given that it's a, you know, like a fairy tale, dark fairy tale, mm-hmm. um, which we have very ar- archetypical characters representing sort of ideas and principles, not necessarily mm-hmm. individuals. Um, I love the Jello, like the whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole like her friend is the, the artist, yeah. um, you know, and his struggles uh, with Jell-O and with his and with Pi and his identity and all those other sorts of things. Um, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I really like I don't remember the the name of the character like the the uh, like the FBI guy who's at the at the um, at the facility. Yeah. Played with Michael Shannon. Yeah. I mean I I love like that portrayal of Mm -hmm. man. You know he's like a complete piece of garbage at work. (laughs) Um you know, and he, like, threatens to uber-sex-up-slash-rape our Sally Hawkins character. Right. You know, and then, he, like, drives home with his, like, dec- you know, like, um, necrotic fingers, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, hugs right. his kids. And, I mean, the, the the one element of, like, his wife saying that he has to wash his hands, I, I, I don't know from whence that came. Yeah. But it is it. brilliant. <laughs> I love it a great deal. Um, it, Michael it re- Strickland.
0: i'm sorry richard strickling because he's strict yeah yeah.
1: um it it reminds me of um there's this uh line in the world according to garp that i always really like Mm -hmm. so his wife has an affair with one of her students um Mm -hmm. and he's coming on to her and she says like only in your your apartment and only if it's clean (laughs) and there's just some element of of that that all seems to be present in this Mm -hmm. way in which like it's not just the um, it's not like a man and his wife. It's like a man in the universe, because yeah. th- that's the way he sort of views it. He views right. he views everything in his world as some sort of embodiment of uh, an evaluation of him. Mm. And that's yep. also and that's also the way that he's treated by like when mm-hmm. he does well, things uh, happen to him really well. When he has everything's figured out and he has his system and his stun gun and his <laughs> his his candy. When he has it all figured out, the world is fine, and the minute a little something doesn't go right, it all sort of falls apart, and his world comes in on him. And, right. and he's threatened, like, he, he will, like, essentially not exist anymore. Like, yeah. he, he's facing annihilation with failure, which I think, like, part of what um, – I mean, is, is it an accurate – fantastical representation of some of the pressures that men feel. Mm. Um, and so that that's fun. It's fun thing. Yeah, think. and it, he's also representing from like
0: the 60s a uh, idea of this American dream right. that he's trying to capture for his family or hold yeah. on to. And if you hit these certain goals, then you're going to accomplish that. Right. And like you said, it's it's falling apart and he doesn't really know how to yeah. deal and get, with anything else. He gets else. the
1: car and they smash the car. He <laughs> the car. Um, and I think, I mean, there's part of that that I think is both It's nostalgic in that the the pieces that are used, the car, the Mm. family, the style, the government, his job, all the pieces are nostalgic. Mm -hmm. But I think what actually happens, like the the form of his emotional struggle are, you know, are much more universal than that, which is one of the things that I like about the film. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, um, two people encounter, or many people encounter something different. Yeah. Um, Sally Hawkins has sex with it. She, she falls in <laughs> love with it, appreciates its brilliance, and has sex with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the American, like, wants to either understand it so it can take what it has and uses it or kills it. The Russian, um, who was a great character in the right. story, no. um, sort of, uh, I mean, falls in love with it in a different way than Sally Hawkins does, but understands that it's a beauty. Right. And and, and can't be part of its destruction and would rather have it, um, you know, be out of their control uh, than have it be destroyed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, you know, again, like, it's an allegorical story. It's a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things going on
0: in the film and maybe, like, too many things on certain levels. Uh, I mean, what I did appreciate was the... You kind of touched on it. Richard Jenkins' character, her neighbor, yeah. who was also one of my favorite, and he's he's a great character actor, also. But I think uh, Eliza's relationship to him, and their portrayal of sort of being, I think one of the the biggest advantages of the film is his portrayal of sort of like the other, right? We get yeah. it very explicitly with the fish creature; he is totally other, not human. Um, but we are meant to identify with him um, even in this romantic story. But we have all these side characters. We mentioned the neighbor um, who's homosexual and uh, his you know his sort of bubble, I think maybe it's it's a little bit subversive too. His sort of bubble is popped and uh, he has this plan to like meet this man that he, thinks that he, you know, sort of loves and appreciates and uh his world sort of falls apart when that yeah. illusion is
1: broken. And that was great. Yeah. Like not yeah. only is he homophobic, he's also racist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. It, all in the, all same the, same, breath.
0: All the same Yeah. And so I, I love those I love the conversation where Eliza talks to him in sign language and he's sort of repeating it for us and initially sort of doesn't accept what she says. And then after he has that experience in the uh, the pie shop, uh, he he sort of makes a really strong statement about, like, there's nobody else that cares about him in yeah. the world. And I think that was the most powerful aspect for me. And I think we, we were kind of talking about Eliza being very, like, sexual at the beginning. Um, and for me, that was kind of somewhat of a betrayal of, like, her loneliness. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and like you said, she's more complicated <laughs> because she is showing that she's not just, like, Someone who's sort of resigned to this sort of life of going to the job every day and stuff that she has other aspirations um, emotionally and
1: and physically and stuff like that, too. It's interesting because it also conveyed the opposite to me, Mm. which was like that she's content. Mm. Like she has her routine. Mm -hmm. Um, She has her nine minutes of self-pleasure in the bath every morning. Um, you know, and she doesn't, you, yeah. but she doesn't come across like, like other females mm. in movies where she's like desperately yearning mm. for sexual desire, you know, sexual yeah. satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and That's when guy, she, yeah. like, when you know, when she has sex with the fish man, mm-hmm. it's not like it's it's finally like the thing that she's been <laughs> waiting for, right. It's just a nice thing, it's a yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's it like, and she because yeah. she has a she seems like a sexually mature individual mm-hmm. um and and i think because, i think that like it's almost a prerequisite for that interaction to be the way that it is cuz it yeah. it doesn't feel like you know i don't know like starman or you know, <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. like, like some sort of like, it's like divinity this great moment. Yeah. it's you know it's like they he's a thing and she's a thing and their stuff works mm-hmm. cuz we also
0: get the moment probably just as meaningful to her where they sort of are sitting at the table for breakfast. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, they're very comfortable with each other. Yeah. Um, and she sort of found that, that thing that she, she wants. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think we also get Octavia Spencer as her work friend. She's good in everything she ever does. Yeah. She is also very good. Um, but we get like addressing, uh, the otherness of like race and we have the Russian agent who is a literal foreigner, um, that's not accepted as well. So I mean, he's kind of just like throwing all those things in there to kind of speak to it, and I don't know that it all works or needs to be there, but um, well, I so, think it's it's okay. Yeah,
1: I mean, one of the things, I mean, one of the things that pushes it, you know, I think at least you know into uh, film of your contention for me is mm-hmm. like, so all this stuff happens, but the way in which all these conversations happen is really creative. In yeah, that she's deaf, and and, and like. You know, and it's not just her doing sound language all the time. It's like various people speak for her or with mm-hmm. her, or interact with her, and um and all of that, those scenes yeah. are are um very real, lived in, authentic, and, and really, really well done. So like yeah. in, in addition to all the stuff that happens, mm-hmm. like the ways in which it happens are mm-hmm. always great. Yeah. You know, and, like, and and you know, you know, couldn't really be done better, I think. Yeah. I mean, I guess
0: some of my I I don't think I didn't appreciate it fully when I saw it, but, like, thinking back now after a few weeks of seeing it, having some space, uh, like, watching something like Phantom Thread, which I think both of these films are very sort of calculated and precise in what they're trying to do and how those pieces come together. Very, like, tightly structured and um, aesthetically even what they're trying to do. But Phantom Thread has these moments where, like, it feels like Paul Thomas Anderson is doing new things also. There's an audacity to it in its sort of preciseness or like moments when it sort of opens up and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize we were going to go there that I I appreciate more, I guess. So like with Guillermo del Toro, I'm never like very surprised, I guess is what I'm sort of saying. And I want to be surprised when I watch
1: movies. She has sex with the fish. Future. You're not surprised by that. That was, was a little surprise. I mean, like, yeah. well, what other films does that happen? In? <laughs> true. And like, and what Let's other films for. does it happen in this way, where it's, it's like, I don't know. I, mean, I just think it's yeah. handled really well, and mm-hmm. it's like a beautiful sort of thing. And again, yeah. like, has the has the feel of a fairy tale. You know? Yeah. True. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's. I mean, it feels it's fairly un, old. fairly yeah. audacious to me. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's and also, I mean, just yeah. I mean, just in terms of because a tiny bit about female sexuality, mm-hmm. like. A woman masturbating, true, like true. haven't seen that a whole lot of time in films. was surprising, yeah. and certainly, you know, it it doesn't feel like in 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 the context of a fairy tale, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel dirty. You yeah, know, like, or, or, right. You know, I, I don't know why it would, but it like mm-hmm. it, uh, almost all the things that her character does seem very positive.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really feel that provocative um, that she's doing those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that and. We kind of talked about this when we first saw the film, but we were discussing whether the the very end uh, has goes into full fairy tale mode and is sort of an imagining of her kind of becoming. Because I think she, she kind of gets like gills, right? Really, yeah. That, that, um, is that, able to breathe underneath her injury neck. On yeah, her and maybe we get even the illusion with that very opening moment underwater that she came from something else and she's yeah. kind of, like, returning to this. Or did she actually just drown? And um, this is sort of how our our narrator imagines the story going, you know?
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. um, I think, again, it's playing with that idea of sort of a classic imagination of a fairy tale in a very grounded world where we get lots of violence and... Uh, grotesque things Mm -hmm. um michael shannon's character's fingers rotting off uh stuff like that so i think that's what we see in like pan's labyrinth too um those sort of same elements that are in contrast to each other which i like but so i i uh i mean i I think maybe it's open that we can see both endings um kind of has that concept of it but i don't know if you came down on one side or the other
1: oh i mean i was pretty much in the like accepting what i saw as what happened yeah um but i mean i think i mean my opinion about like ambiguity some if ambiguity is done really well Mm -hmm. you essentially get multiple stories yeah right you have that she dies you have that he saves her Mm -hmm. you have that she actually was from the water to begin with and came back all of those things if um, and I think that it's true in this film all those things could be true mm-hmm. um, and then you so you essentially have this story which sort of like like through a prism refracts itself into a, a variety of different storylines, yeah. all of which are interesting right. um so it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be I just did air quotes there be <laughs> uh, any one of those things for the story to be interesting yeah. I mean, because, you know, I mean, the only time when a story needs to be a certain way without Mm quotation marks is if if, is if things happening that way are essential to the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that I'm I'm glad that the story was unambiguous that they had sex. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was just happy. It felt like, oh, it was like just imply. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely really went for it um, all out in those different sense. Uh, Where do you think this stands for you? In the spectrum of Guillermo del Toro. I know you're a. Uh, um, he's fan of Troll Hunters. Troll Hunters, Pacific Rim.
1: Yeah. Um, fan, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm mean, a fan. I mean, uh, it's like. Um, I mean, there's me as a. I don't know, I'm not really a critic, so I don't feel like I have any responsibility. For it, but, <laughs> um, like, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show before, I'm a big fan of, like, Meatloaf's music. Right. Um, yeah. I, it's like it's over the top i, I don't i don't assert, i mean i do assert in certain companies that it is good in fact great mm-hmm. in fact brilliant mm. um i mean how many other how many other rock artists have a spoken word piece on each of their <laughs> albums how many very yeah. few um you know how like well uh but there is like a, an honest decadence mm. to meatloaf's work that mm-hmm. i always like mm-hmm. um and it's just like it's not that I don't see the flaws. I just don't care. Like it, it's, it, it, it is actually part of what makes it what it is. Yeah. Um, and the same is true with like viewing Pacific Rim. Like part of it is like if you have to watch Pacific Rim with like a nine year old boy, mm-hmm. like you, I mean, because that is like the ideal viewing experience. Yeah. And it's just, it's decadent glory. Like, <laughs> like there's nothing that happens in there. That doesn't contribute to either the mess of it or the glory of it. Mm-hmm. It's essentially perfect, for, you know, because it is <laughs> yeah. not trying to be anything. anything other than what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, for it's interesting. I mean, as far as I mean, my favorite film of his is *Pan's Labyrinth*, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's just because I uh, I love the Spanish Civil War. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that era, that time period. I mm-hmm. love uh you know like spanish nazis you know i mean i really like um you know because i in a class that i taught um with my friend ben boyington hey Ben, um uh we did sort of like coming of age stories and Mm -hmm. we would show pan's labyrinth as well as spirited away Mm -hmm. you know and and it has you know some of the elements of like a young girl coming to coming of age involves um, both having to behave like a woman and also having to behave like a, like a young boy and, and have to get dirty, mm. you know, like the way in which, um, in Spirited Away, she has to clean all that gunk out of the river demon. Right, yeah. River oh, spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and here she has to go through that muck-soaked tree, oh, yeah, um, yeah. in order to do it. And so, mm-hmm. like, there, there are these, um, these pieces that are perennial elements of stories that are included in there, mm-hmm. um. That I think you know, like though he borrows from a lot of things and has, you know, even like the faun itself is, you know, this is not a character he invented, but oh, yeah. he he very he very creatively uh, uh, visually creates that mm-hmm. world, um, and I like it because it's it's. Uh, it's it, it's a real world and it's a real world and a fantasy world. Yeah, in the same way that I really like the first Hellraiser movie for three. <laughs> different reasons. Real we have real world and this sort of parallel other world, yeah. and allows us to both talk about things as they are and things as metaphor, and then this whole other level because they're sort of the whole thing is an allegory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this would probably be my second favorite after that. I mean, uh, I mean, it's like it, it's like I mean, yeah. I think The Shape of Water is good, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's. It's a kind of thing like, oh, I'd like to show it. I'd like, like, like to watch it with some other people because I think there's a lot mm. um, that it has yeah, going much. on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not as, and in some sense, it's a much smaller and more modest story mm. than Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. In that it's a story about a few people caught mm-hmm. up kind of in a much larger thing. Right. Um, and in, in some sense, it has that feel like a play, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like a stage play or like sort of a short theatrical work and that I really like and you know, it makes it it makes it feel a little lighter and more yeah. fun right um, which is it's like if I'm if I'm listening to like an album of music um, more like one of the artists like a lot of a guy named Ray Lamontagne mm-hmm. who has I think he has four studio albums now but uh, on each album you know he'll range from folk to Nashville to uh, like like heavy, like, Chicago harmonica blues to, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, Texas border Mexican music. You know, like, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and this album is a collection of all these different modes. Mm-hmm. Um, different, different musical instruments, different instrumentation, different yeah. tempo, different voice, all that stuff. And so, you know, when I look at, like, Guillermo del Toro's catalog, you know, it's fun to say Pan's Labyrinth is here and to have Shape of Water be, you know, it's, it's clear, mm-hmm. like, even if you didn't know who did it. Yeah, um, you'd be able to notice the uh, the darkness, or you know, like the, yeah, yeah. the stylistic elements right. of these it's two like pictures. Kind effect, yeah. Yeah, but it's different <laughs> enough. Yeah, it's different. Um, you know, and it's you know, it's just nice to see that mm-hmm. in and of itself.
0: I think I almost go like what I actually enjoy watching um, a little more away from his sort of prestige type films. Yeah, I remember seeing. I don't know if you've seen The Devil's Backbone. No, um, his older film. Uh, which is sort of more of, like, a subtle ghost story mm. at this boys' school in mm-hmm. Mexico. And I uh, was sort of bored by it. Um, <laughs> didn't really work for me. So I enjoy, like... Uh, maybe also I also haven't seen was early films, Mimic. Um, oh, yeah. With the, like, creepy bugs and yeah, stuff, yeah, which yeah. I actually really enjoyed when it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hellboy films, I think, yeah, are pretty yeah. fun. And certainly, like, the Abe Sapien character, which is also yeah. played by Doug Jones, is a very... Similar character. I mean, yeah. one is, um, of course, speaks English and is very well spoken, so we get this different side of it. Um, uh, but it, it, and he's also playing um, uh, a character that has fish features on Star Trek right now. Oh, really? Like he's an alien. Um, yeah, and alien he's also he was. much more articulate, but he has like prosthetics on, uh, much less. Uh, to a less degree, but um, he's making a real career out of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. no. So I mean, I just I, for, for for the audience audience, yeah. I, I I think I had forgotten about Hellboy. I would have to say, it's like pain's Labyrinth, Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, the first Hellboy film is really really good. I think. Yeah, it is quite. Good. And I mean, yeah. like, and Ron Perlman is fabu.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of have fun where he's when he's doing, like, straight genre and, and yeah. having fun with it. Um, and, and there's some great visuals in Hellboy, too, even though I agree it's maybe not as good of a film as the first Hellboy. Um, but we get to go to, like, the elf market or the... Um, oh, you mean
1: the second one? The
0: second one, yeah. Yeah, uh, I
1: mean it's some got cool some good, good visual elements, yeah. but, I mean, right. it doesn't have the completeness. Of that, right. So. Exactly. Was uh, a struggle of, of Hellboy's identity. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm always interested in what he's doing. Um, I just don't know that they always pay off as much as I hope they do, um,
1: in an emotional sense of connecting with them. Uh, Yeah, see, I see. I I, I don't expect them to. Mm, Okay. I mean, that's my thing. I mean, like, I don't. I recognize that what I'm watching is a is an allegorical story. Mm. In the same way that, like, like I was just talking in the break here yeah. about watching the, the last... I would just watched, like, the second disc of The Fellowship of the Rings mm-hmm. with my nine-year-old son when he was yeah. homesick. Um, and, like, I don't... Like, my emotional connection with those characters is very different than in other stories. Mm. But, like, I don't expect to. I, I don't, I like, yeah. I, I have emotions about, you know, about, like, the, the grand... <laughs> I don't know, like, the, the grand... Way in which Sam Wise represents like all people that yeah. you know um, do things, you know, and and so the the story connects, you know, it it connects to me in like a different way, you know, mm-hmm. it, it connects with this sort of uh, perennial. Straight line to my heart way, as right. opposed to sort of an intellectual way. about oh, what are they feeling here? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's like a it's a much it's it's a different way. And I yeah. and, you know, and, and in some sense, I I put it in the same category as epic poetry and and things like that. It, it, it's these grand stories, and I think that. Um, even in Hellboy mm-hmm. uh, you know especially because Hellboy is this character who is is essentially wholly evil but also chooses to do good I mean there's a way in which there's right. a metaphor for all humans or, or one, one way in which humans can view themselves yeah. and it represents one possibility so I don't have the expectation that I'm going to have the same kind of emotional connection with them and pay off as Mm -hmm. with other protagonists so I'm not disappointed that it's not there because I also don't think that he's trying to do that and maybe as a filmmaker he can't maybe that's not what he that's not what what his skill is but I don't you know it's not what he's trying to do so I don't
0: yeah and I this is not a criticism of you but I think you appreciate (laughs) archetypes more than I do um, in general and that sort of structuring so it's because
1: I love folklore I mean one of the one of the things from like studying stories all across the world is you have Mm -hmm. like you can go almost anywhere in the world and have and like you know, and have like a character with a beard that's old <laughs> like dispenses information right. and everyone knows what that is. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like a pan human idea. Yeah. Right, yeah. True. So yeah, I think uh,
0: I don't know that we agree this should have been best picture. Do you have any pick for what you would have <sighs> went with? I know you didn't get to see a lot of them.
1: No, I mean so So honestly, like I mean, I thought it was either gonna be um, call me by your name, because mm-hmm. call me by your name. Yeah. yeah. Um, or get out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I thought like I mean, shape of water is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like shape of water could have come out any time. Yeah. But get out is about now. Yeah. And call me by your name isn't about now so much, but it's. Again, like I just I have a chip on my shoulder because of like. um Brokeback Mountain, right. not winning, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and like, and I think like a, a, a wonderful, articulate, powerful, and like the the, the words, mm-hmm. you know, like the dialogue in, Coming by Your Name is so rich and right. beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, and it has it's such a, an artistic, you know, like for those that right. love words, like yeah. that's like those two are, and I mean those two are, things I would choose over, and mm-hmm. get out like. I mean, there's just something about, like, the conception, like, the the concept of the film. Mm -hmm. That, like, regardless of... Because it could have been done a little bit better. Regardless of how it's executed, like... Mm -hmm. I mean, I just feel like we're in an age where, like, you can make pretty much anything. Um, So the idea behind it is a lot of what... Is important yeah and like it's a great concept right and fresh and exciting and powerful and both straightforward and subversive at the same time mm-hmm. like so those yeah are are i mean the the sunken place
0: that's in get out i feel like has so much relevance to Um, many people's experiences in in different ways I mean the film directly talks about race but I've heard people talk about it in the sense of like depression yeah um, and mental illness and kind of be trapped in that place so uh, I wasn't sure how far the film was going to go I like things to get weird Um, and it does get crazy at the end but I I liked when they brought in that weird element which I didn't expect Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's it's really connecting with a lot of audiences yeah um, that's gonna that's gonna hang around for a while maybe longer than The Shape of Water I don't know, I know. Um, probably I don't and I also don't just hear a lot of people talking in my sphere about The Shape of Water Yeah. which is strange uh,
1: for winning Best Picture uh, and I mean I mean I will say that part of my I mean watching The Shape of Water mm-hmm. I, I mean like I imagined it being watched by like the generation older than us. Hmm. Cause I'm like, oh like this is cool but like we can stand with a little more edgy. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean like yeah. we could stand with a little more grit in this like homosexual getting rejected story. <laughs> like this yeah. is pretty pretty softball yeah, so, yeah. kinda of stuff. You know, again, yeah. like she has sex with the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. You know, pretty bold. Yeah. Um but it's also um it like evil in the story mm-hmm. is Really straightforward. Yeah, like Michael Shannon's character is just pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's fine. Right. You know, like the sto- You know, again, the story functions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also one of those things where sometimes I think he's just window dressing. Yeah. Like like he's essentially like the ticking clock, <laughs> or the deadline, yeah. or the appointment right. that just drives the story. Uh-huh. And, and in some sense, I, I also really like stories in which um, I'm not. You know, that they don't follow all the rules about every scene has right. to be brought in by something else, and then we have to have some sort of compulsion to take us to the next mm-hmm. scene. Sometimes I just like listening to a story. Right, right. Um, and so I, I, really I like, there's not, there's a little bit of worry. And mm-hmm. so part of it is there's actually, like, I feel like a really narrow palette of what's at stake. Yeah. Like, it might die. Mm-hmm. She might not get it there on time. Right. It might not rain. Yeah. You know, there's this, you know, because she's worried that he's sick and she gets more of the stuff and does mm-hmm. the thing. Um, which I feel like is an acceptable level of stuff, and, yeah. but but it isn't like a huge um, expansive story in yeah. the way the other big yeah, stakes, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I kind of like that, but it also again makes me feel like I'm like, eh, is this is this for me? Yeah, is this for my <laughs> dad's generation? Like, mm. because I mean, for people, I mean, like. Am, am I supposed to know what this movie is in the movie theater? Mm. Which, I mean, like, I looked it up and I know what it is now, but I didn't, yeah. it's like didn't it's like it. a biblical thing. I don't know. And, mm. and, you know, and like some of the... I mean, I recognize the Shirley Temple um, scene, yeah. but not because I saw the film or know anything about it, just because I know who Shirley Temple is and used to yeah. you know, watch my so stuff on Nick at Night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and so, like, in some sense... I'll say maybe this is what I mean about that as I finally get to the thing, is like there's, there's some stuff in there that I think is gritty and for me, mm-hmm. and some stuff that is referenced and nostalgic for a generation that I'm not a part of and, and has no meaning for me. Yeah. So, the, so the story as a composite of those two things um, felt wandering and indirect mm. yeah. um, in terms of who it's addressing and what it's trying to say. And mm-hmm. so that's sort of why I was like, eh, not best picture. You yeah. know, it doesn't have sort of this laser focus um, you know where it masterfully controls uh, all of its all the stuff that its audience ex- expects, so that you, mm-hmm. you all reach this sort of singular point, mm-hmm. which I think some a lot of great films do. Right. Um, but I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was surprised at the same. the same time.
0: I think I was surprised that it is a little weird. Um, oh
1: yeah, and that was for fun. a best picture. I, yeah. I mean,
0: I like that, but I wouldn't think that this is mm. normal. Like something like the Darkest Hour is like. Period film, yeah, serious, important, great acting, yeah, um, like that's what they normally the academy goes for. Yeah, no, I mean yeah.
1: you've heard me complain about Atonement. I don't know if I've complained about Atonement on the show <laughs> Probably, before. Probably yeah. horrible period piece, yeah, like, unsufferable and long. Um, but it, but I sort of like it. But yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, but it was nice to see a weird film. Yeah. You know, I mean, it weird to even be nominated. Right. Because I mean, I was actually when you were because when I had seen the preview and when I had heard about it, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Oh, it might be nominated for Best Picture, Mine like, Yeah, I was surprised too. I I was like, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, but again, so. like you know, say say I'm say I'm the person who made Get Out. Say I'm the person who made <laughs> Coming by Your Name. I'm like, yeah. Come on, like, fish sex wins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Great. So uh, good conversation. Yeah. on the Shape of Water. Um, I will be interested to see what Guillermo del Toro does next now that maybe he has a little more, uh, cred, um, in the industry to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I still hear
1: that he struggles with
0: budget and things like getting to yeah. do what he wants.
1: So, um, for those in the audience that are really into stuff, um, you know I mean? It, <laughs> some exciting, I mean, like this is an, I mean, uh, exciting year, mm-hmm. um, uh, Pacific room Uprising uh, is coming out in a few months. Oh yeah, yeah, this month. Yeah, right in a month. Um, We have The Incredibles two coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot, lot of exciting, a lot of exciting stuff, and the solo movie, which is going to be, could be good, could be good. We'll see. Very Mm -hmm. soon. Very soon. We don't have to wait very long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it could be a good year for some big things. Big uh Big robots. Big punching robots. Godzilla in the face. <laughs> That's right. Can't can't get it. Out. Uh great. Thanks for listening, out there